Hello treasure seekers and welcome to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. This is Series 1, Episode 20. Okay, so first up I have a couple of messages to do with a comment I left on The Red Dice Diaries by Alan Large. <coughs> in his podcast he was talking about thieves and I put in a defence for thieves having their own skills which other character classes could use. Hey, what's going on, Andy? It's Joe. And you are absolutely speaking my language when you're talking about a little bit of class protection and how 5e is pretty lame because every single class, including Uncle Tombly Wombly or whoever you said, which is one of my favorite things, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it because I love that, can cast spells. I think that is garbage. And I also don't see anything wrong with having traps that only a thief could find they're specially trained at doing that stuff the other classes have spent time perfecting using weapons or casting spells or communing <coughs> communing with the gods uh thief has spent time looking for traps and being sneaky and shit so i'm on team shandy andy all the way dude peace out hey shandy andy jason from nerds rpg variety cast you, you may be right with the idea of thieves deserving their class protection. I'm with you that, when, especially when you're talking D&D, not everybody should be able to wear armor, and not everybody should be able to cast spells. So, you know, and, and you don't see people complaining about why can only clerics turn undead. So, yeah, maybe saying that they're traps that only thieves can disarm, maybe I'm being silly there. So I'll give you that. And like you say, there are plenty of systems like Grantha, or Grantha, like basic role-playing, where that's, you know, not a problem. So it, it, it all depends on the system. Reference player fatigue, and I'll just warn you, this is going to go into a couple messages. So first we had Joe from Hindsightless, and then Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. And I think we're all pretty much in agreement by the end of it at the end of the day is that uh, I think in a D&D system it does make sense for thieves to have a few skills of their own to match magic user spells and clerics prayers and uh, fighters can wear any type of armour so um, but in other systems like RuneQuest yeah you know any player can pretty much do anything so it is very much a system based thing anyway thanks for your calls guys and next up we have Dave Aldridge from the Deep Centaur podcast Hey Andy, just a quick enjoy your podcast um, just a clarification, there seems to have been some confusion about the black hack slotting there's a calendar at the top of the page um, what happens if sort of more than two or three or, or if two or three people um, ask for a session in the slots I've given I make it go green at the top and then it gets um, confirmed I've never moved a slot I've never cancelled a slot yet um, players aren't being very proactive in asking for slots after the new year I've said that uh, pretty much 8pm every evening with a bit of notice uh, about what the characters want to do uh, I'm there so I just want to clarify that because I think it sounded like when you were discussing low fantasy gaming it sounded like you were suggesting that the black hack slots moving was confusing 
Um, but as I say, when I go green on slots, I've always run them and I'm always open to uh, requests. Uh, so look forward to playing a bit more with you, hopefully in the new year. I'll catch you soon. Thanks, Dave. And I do owe you an apology. You are absolutely right. I had missed the fact that you were putting a, uh, a green, uh, quite clear when you, you see it there with a, <laughs> a big Y in and the cell goes green to say that you're ready. Um, in my defence, the reason I'd missed that is on my mobile phone. When I go to uh, load up Excel in, or whatever, the spreadsheet in Google Docs, um, there are four title rows and my phone only shows three of them <laughs> i have to scroll down for the fourth one which is the one we're talking about and once i knew about it it is obvious dave <laughs> so my apologies for that i'm sure it was mentioned before in discord but as i say I, I, i'm having a few problems with discord in that if you do not keep on top of it um it's you know you come back a day or two later and there's like 100 messages to read it just ain't going to happen. It just ain't going to happen. So I need to work a little bit about being a bit more regular, I think, on Discord. Um, but I also want to say that uh, what what I think I kick-started a bit of a debate on this, and I, <laughs> I hope I haven't stirred a horn. It's less because, Dave, um, I know that you set up a sort of separate Discord server, which is uh, certainly for me has made things a lot easier. Um, you know, so we're, we're using the audio, um, the uh, Audio Dungeon Discord server for just putting scheduling in and then for the uh, for the details on the particular uh, session they're going onto your own discord server which i uh, i know there's been a, a few you know people have said oh well, we're not another discord server and everything um but it, it, it's a tricky one because we do want to keep the core of the i think the uh, osr Anchorites together on the audio dungeon Discord server, which seems to be the the place that we all tend to hang out. But I do feel that it's grown so large, even in the six months I've been involved, that it started to become a little bit unwieldy. And unless it, um, you know, unless it develops and continues on, you know, to react to what the people joining need, uh, I think it is in danger of. Um, splintering and we don't want that you know we do want that to be the center hub so thanks for that dave and uh needless to say i did play last night in your game and enjoyed it very much so thank you for running that Dave. i really appreciate it and next up we have colin green from the spike pit rpg podcast Hi Andy, I've got some thoughts on player fatigue mate, I play in quite a few online games and face to face games and you know sometimes you just don't feel it but you mentioned not cancelling games and I think that is crucial, GM or player I think the worst thing you can do is cancel games, for me personally more often than not once I get to the game, everything is fine. Even, it, it doesn't really matter how tired I am, I just get into the spirit of it and afterwards I feel better for doing it. If I cancel a game or, or cry off on a game, it's just it's just a downer, man. And I think, avoid that at all costs. The cancellation is a bummer. That's my advice. 
Wise words, Colin, wise words. You are absolutely right, of course. Uh, this week I did have to call off one game on my Tuesday, AD&D, but um, some, uh, unfortunately it's just my work. I, I work in the IT industry and it's <laughs> we can have a week of relatively you know, light work followed by <laughs> a week of absolute mayhem. It, it's peaks and troughs, unfortunately, my job. And it is sometimes, you know, difficult to make a session and I had a deadline on Wednesday and was way behind on the Tuesday so I did cancel um, but I did make my Wednesday evening game and the Friday evening game and although I've got to, I've got to be honest on both games I, I probably wasn't at my best as a player and I apologise to both Bruce and Shay if I wasn't quite uh, with it as I normally am but um, you, you're right Colin I, I I got there and I enjoyed both games. Um, and a lot of it, sometimes, I, certainly if you've got a decent bunch of players you're playing with, um, I hesitate to use the word carrier player, but, um, you know, if you're not feeling quite on the ball, the other players, you know, can take up the mantle and do it. And, and there's always room, I think, for one player who's, uh, you know, sitting back a little bit more in a session. And I enjoy... A lot of it is just listening to the other players and the GM describe it. You know, it's sometimes nice just to do that and just chip in occasionally. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely need to try and get to games. Do not cancel. You're absolutely right. No, I, I did enjoy both of them. So, um, and I made Dave's game last night as well. So, I think I think my uh, my player fatigue has perhaps been uh, abated somewhat. And next up are a number of call-ins from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I think there is something to wanting to be able to run your own game as well to play. And I'm the same way. I would be very happy if I ran a game once a month and then got to play in a couple games a month. I, I think that would make me pretty happy if like, I got to play in a game or two a week and then run a game once a month or so. So I, I think there's a balance there. Um, as far as games, the scheduling part's the hard part for online. But if you wanted to coordinate a every other week game online, we could I could definitely commit to playing in a game with you every other week. It would have to be every other week and then, you know, your evenings. We, we would have to sit down at, and look at it and, and figure that out. But if we did... I don't know. I don't remember what you said your schedule was. <laughs> but if we did a weeknight and, you know, a whatever, once every two weeks and we picked a weeknight and played at your time, the problem is, of course, the time zones. I can play your time frame, but most Americans can't because it's in the middle of the afternoon, so that's a problem. So then you're looking to, to pull British gamers into play, and which is fine. But I think that's a big part of the problem is most American gamers expect you to play American Evenings, which is untenable for you, and, and understandably so. I would say that you have a good plan of action. I would definitely agree that dropping back in the shadows is not probably the best way to handle it. You want to stay engaged and, and want to try to make this work. So, you know, we can talk in the audio dungeon. Let's figure out when you can jam a game, even if it's every other week. You know, we can find another player or two 
and um, get it so we can get you in the GM seat, you know, every couple weeks or even once a month. Like I say, maybe may we can figure out some rotating thing where we can all be in there and each run a game once a month and then play and figure something out. And I'm happy to play OSC. I'm happy to play BX. I'm pretty sure I piped up for your Grantha game if it works. We've got some friends visiting, but if they leave early enough, I'll definitely play in your Grantha game on the 30th if, you know. So, anyhow, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Cheers for your callings, Jason. And yes, I've, uh, I have indeed managed to coordinate a RuneQuest role-playing in Glorantha game on the Monday the 30th of December. And I'm doing it at uh, 5 o'clock in the afternoon GMT. And quite a few American gamers have indeed signed up for that one. Um, so, uh, in fact, I've got a full house of six players, so that's... It's worked out really well. I must admit, it was a bit lukewarm when I first put it there, but um, <laughs> once I started shouting out and nagging and dropping <laughs> messages on channels, I think maybe some people have just joined to shut me up. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, hopefully it'll be a game they'll enjoy anyway. I know it's not. Uh, RuneQuest role-playing in Grafra isn't really considered sort of um, OSR as such. Uh, it is in my book, but I don't want to open that can of worms here. Um, but I'm going to run the Dark Tower, which is the quick starter scenario. I've run it uh, at least four times before. Uh, it's a really good scenario, very solid, uh, very open-ended. Uh, I mean, with a one-shot, I'm going to have to railroad somewhat. I, I think most people appreciate that uh, that's the way of things. Um, but it's a very open-ended scenario that can, um, uh, you know, the players can get to the end game in a lot of different ways and indeed end the scenario in a lot of different ways. I, I've never had the same thing happen twice in the four games I've run so uh, I'm really looking forward to that so I'm glad I've been able to get that uh, sorted and yeah I'm going to try and run so I think once a month's fine I, I just need to you know just run something occasionally I think to get my creative juices sort of flowing and what have you and I think part of the problem was was that um I'd had so little spare time over the sort of last I don't know four to six weeks what little spare time I'd did sort of have was really mainly spent playing uh, and I didn't even have any you know chance to um, write up any uh, sort of GM stuff uh, you know add to even my room quest my own world Malithia or the Wilderlands uh, campaign I'm putting together so uh, I think that's where I, I need to put aside and I know Shay's talked about this is trying to create a little bit of space to do these things on a fairly regular basis um, but it has proved difficult um, over the last few months but anyway I, I did a lot of it Jason yesterday um, I managed to sit down and uh, get quite a lot of the RuneQuest uh, Broken Tower clear in my mind and added a uh, little bits and pieces and I think that's really helped a lot so uh, moving forwards I just need to do that a bit more and not get um, caught up just playing all the time in my spare time And what have we got next? Ooh, call in from somebody who I think doesn't like my idea of players sharing GM responsibilities during a game. It is, of course, Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Shandy, Andy, this is Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
but my first reaction to your idea for switching GMs during the game, during the session, I don't like it. I'll tell you what, though, if you want to try it, I'm willing to try it. Um, if we set up a game, I'm very willing to try it out and see how it works. But I don't like it. I like to be able to prep for a game I'm playing, so I think it'd be better to switch GMs every session I could handle. But during the middle of the game, I, eh. but I'm willing to play test it. I'd be very willing to play a game and play test it with you. So all that said, there's a game by, I believe, Robin Laws called Rune, R-U-N-E. It's a Viking game. And in that game, it's designed specifically to switch the GM every game, I believe, or at least every adventure. And the GM's characters get points for how well they played as GM. So check that out. That might do what you want. Hey, Shandy, Andy, Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast again. I owe you an apology. When I got home tonight, I broke out my copy of Rune. I've got the books. And I never played it. I've just read the game. I've never I've been found a group to play it. In Room, after each encounter, you switch the GM duties, just like you were talking about. So I have to eat crow here. Well, I don't have to eat crow because I'm still not sold on the idea, but Rune is what you're describing. So in that game, it's actually building the game mechanics. So you're, after an encounter, it goes next person on the table, and each person's supposed to run a section of the game, you know, to go all the way around so everybody you know, has GM duties during the game. So I don't know if it was ever released in PDF. I've got the hard copies. There are um, extra legal copies online if you look for it. But Rune is what you look. Yep, so Robin D. Laws' Rune is the game that you seek. And the, the only other difference is, so it doesn't do it like each Rune. It does each encounter. So... You know, you'd play through one encounter, the whole battle, everything, and then you switch. And the idea is you switch, you know, once for each player during the game. So if you have four players, you'd have four encounters in that session. And then instead of playing your own character, like as an NPC, you hand your character off to, an, to another player while you're GMing. So if we're in the group, when you stand up to the GM chair, you would hand me off your character and I would play it in addition to my character. And then when I GM... I would hand my character to you and you would run my character along with your character while I'm jamming. So that's the way it works in that game. But yeah, the rune now it's kind of a comedy Viking game, but the principles in there, I think you apply to anything and, and it's, I think exactly what you're looking for. Jason, thank you so much for pointing out rune to me. I just knew the must. <laughs> There are no original ideas anymore, and I knew that the idea I'd come up with must have been done before. And that sounds exactly uh, like I was describing with Rune. So I have indeed ordered that as a Christmas present to myself. So thank you very much for pointing that out to me. And who knows, if I uh, take a liking to that, that might be a game I might uh, see if people are interested in having a, a one-shot at some stage in the new year. Um I have to say, I mean, I've not read the book yet, but uh, thinking it through, it is, it could be quite taxing, I guess, on the players and would require uh, a bit of buy-in. So, I, you know, I don't know whether we'll get enough take-up of that because um, certainly as a, I think I'd be quite taxed trying to do something like that, but it might, might be quite enjoyable and quite fulfilling. I don't know. Anyway, I'll get back to you once I've received the book and uh, giving it a read.
Hey, Shandy, Andy, Jason here. Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just want to call in to say that say the past couple days I've been thinking about it. Your idea of switching GMs during the game. And I do think it'd be important to switch the GMs after an important scene. So I don't think I'd like to switch like at the top of the stairs and then again at the bottom of the stairs. But I think if you know, after each encounter or after each you know scene you switch GMs, I think that'd be okay. And I think your idea of doing the random tables to generate it would be fine. Um, and yeah, I, I do like the idea in Rune where when you're GMing, somebody else plays your character and vice versa. That way, you know, the characters still kind of take a backseat, but you're going to be more inclined. I, I think they're going to be inclined to protect the GM's player, you know, GM's character. Is, and I think that's better than the GM playing their characters in NPC. Um, hold on, I'm going to pull Jackson. So, yeah, and that way, if another player is playing your character, it's also, it keeps you from, I don't know. Anyhow, I, I'm warming up to it. I don't know about, a, like, a scripted game, you know, where you're sharing the script between each other, you know, for the adventure module. I think it'd be better, like, a random generated thing. But, and I think you could easily develop, delve into, or devolve into some kind of weird storytelling thing, which might not be a bad thing either. But yeah, I'm willing to try it. I'm warming up to the idea. So when I call, I definitely regret using the word hate when I called in earlier. That was a gut reaction, and letting it mull over my noggin. I, I think I've rethought it, and I'm I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. By the way, I just want to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever the you, you guys do in your household. I hope it all goes well and you get to spend time with family. And I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you, Jason. I, I certainly think um, you've made some sound points there. I, I think the GM would switch after a major encounter. And I do agree with you that probably the G, you know, whoever, whichever player becomes GM, hands his character to somebody else to play. So, yeah, good points. Completely in agreement with you on those. And that's just about it for this episode. I'd like to thank all the people who called in to uh, Jason, Dave, Colin and Joe. I put links to all their podcasts in the episode description. And one of the things I'd like to say is how great the Anchorite community is. When, when you've got a, a problem or you want to have a bit of a moan, when I become a bit of a grumpy grognard, which is my want occasionally, I get so much positivity and help from the community, and it is really appreciated. Um, you know, and coming out of my uh, last couple of episodes, I, I've now, as I, I mentioned earlier, I, I've got a, a RuneQuest uh, role-playing in ramp for game set up to GM, uh, and in fact, I, I put uh, you know a note to that effect on Facebook, and then I've got another couple of players who wanted to join in. Unfortunately, it's full, so it looks as though I'm going to be able to. Uh, organize another online game uh, shortly so I'm really pleased that that's all come out of that uh, and that's given me something to do over the Christmas break because um, I'm spending it at home just with uh, Helen and the kids uh, and it seems everyone else is going away so <laughs> there aren't any games being run but um, that'll give me a chance to spend a bit of time with the family but also uh, do some prep work for the uh, RuneQuest game. I need to do a little bit, um, get my head around running online, which I've not done before. 
as I say, all the um, the GMing I've done previously has been face to face. So there's a few little bits and pieces that I need to sort out. But once again, I'd like to thank the um, the Audio Dungeon Discord um, members who who have had one or two problems. Mention them on there, and that they're, they're so helpful in pointing out, you know, possible solutions and uh, giving advice. It really is a great community, and I'm really pleased that I found it. You've been listening to Shandy Andy's Unguarded Treasure. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a message on Anchor. Email me at shandyandy at gmail.com or possibly find me hanging around at Audio Dungeon Discord channel.